0: today's episode of Juice and the numbers your statistics and sports podcast i'm one of your hosts joshua tracy and i'm very festive today fresh off of a work party so if you're enjoying the view on uh youtube that's where these videos go i think um check out my lovely lay and birds of paradise t-shirt uh <laughs> that I bought this morning because I needed one. Uh, anyway, it is uh, it is Wednesday, the 14th of July, which means that we are past the All-Star break. You're listening to this on Thursday, which means the Yankees and Red Sox are resuming their regular season schedule. The rest of the teams will follow suit tomorrow on Friday, or, uh, you know, however time shakes out when you listen to this. Um, so before we get into our bull prediction, updates which um will be the main focus of today's episode corin real quick what did you think of monday's home run derby
1: i very much enjoyed pete alonso just deciding he was going to win it this year um and then just doing that because it was fucking jaw dropping it really was um and then i fell asleep because i woke up at 3 a.m so i did not watch rounds two and three Ah. Yeah, so I feel bad.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was a hell of a show. I think some of the hype that um, MLB built around the juiciness of the balls led me to think we were going to see a lot more monster dongs and with a lot more quantity than we ended up yeah. getting. And that's not to minimize um the f- like you know we had several 500 feet home runs like several but you know still there was uh the second round was pretty quiet from most of the people involved you know peter Alonso, who ended up winning it um only had i think 17 home runs in the second round with uh two and a half minutes three minutes and shit like that and you know i'm not here to say what a pittance but it is um you know, when they're talking about we're going to bring back the juice balls, we're going to do this in Colorado, we're not going to put the balls in the humidor. You know, you sit there and you think, oh, my God, like we're, we're seeing 550 easy. We're hitting 475 like nothing. You know, we're going to see like 3,500 foot home runs in a round. It's going to be nothing. And no, it wasn't. You know, this I watched the StatCast broadcast and they were guessing what the longest home run they were going to see that day was. And. I think they were all somewhere around like 535, 536, which, you know, off by 15 feet. That's certainly reasonable. Um, but still, I mean, that they, they, they didn't. Um, so there was – that threw me off, I think, in the first – like when I saw Trey Mancini was the first person to go, and he had like 23, 24 in the first round.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And my genuine reaction to that was, I'm not sure it's going to be enough. And obviously it was enough. He made it to the finals. Um, but like, I would you know when he, when he hit only hit only in air quotes, hit 24. Um, I was like, Ooh, you know, with all these special rules and whatnots, I don't think 24 is enough. And uh, it, it was, it absolutely was. So that was uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> what'd you think about show getting knocked out in the first round?
1: I was disappointed because of the outcome, but my goodness, it was exciting. It really was. That was a really great way to do tiebreakers. Um, and Juan Soto just just was fucking dominant. That was really cool to watch.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, you look at a, the base concept of a one seed versus an eight seed, and you go, ah, well, clearly... Otani big advantage. Uh, it's a little bit different when the eighth seed is actual Juan Soto, uh, who is mm-hmm. genuinely a very, very good baseball player, um, one of the other faces of the game, who's uh, having like a down year for himself, but still a pretty decent season overall, and obviously isn't having the glorious season that Otani is because no one's had his season before. Um, and we want to quibble about it. No one's at least had his season in the modern era. So yeah, it's so funny. I said he. I said um, uh, Soto had a down season. It's his down season. Is still one forty three. Oh, hold on, Juan Soto's OPS plus by season: 2018, 142, 2019, twenty two hundred twenty three, twenty twenty one one forty three. 2020, 223, 2021, 143.
1: Which means Please in don't three of his stats. Any further? Close your eyes.
0: <laughs> what?
1: But continue talking. Just don't don't look at any more of his stats. Just keep talking. What what you were gonna say?
0: Okay. Well, I, will I, not dig- predictions. I, I got you. I got you. Right. Yeah. Right. right. I forgot. Um, yeah. obviously, you know, he doesn't have the home run numbers that Otani has. To see, Cause again, Otani is leading all the baseball in home runs. So no one has the home runs numbers that he does, but fuck what a great company and a great way to remind baseball fans. Juan Soto pretty good. <laughs> Would have been funny if you did a shuffle though.
1: I was dying for the shuffle to come. Uh, we talked about it off air. I think, uh, last week. Um, I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but I was dying to see a soto like when he threw the ball behind him, that would have been the perfect time for a soto shuffle.
0: He yeah, I know, he was too locked in, man.
1: I get it, but that would have been perfect.
0: Also, a lot of horrible performances from pitchers. <laughs> a
1: yeah. lot
0: of horrible performances by pitchers.
1: And it was the same thing that Pete Alonso, you know, we talked about last year with like how great his bullpen pitcher was, not bullpen, but um, batting bench practice. coach batting. Yeah batting, practice, yeah, 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 batting
0: coach, hitting coach.
1: He, he was fantastic. Just completely, you know, locked in himself the entire time.
0: He was straight cash money, as the kids may say.
1: <laughs> Yikes, I feel so old.
0: Did he yeet?
1: He needed many balls, yes.
0: Pete Alonso was hitting massive dongs with minimal effort off of, like, a 75-year-old man while a child tore his ACL in the outfield, and Pete Alonso vibed. That was absolutely... Like, Pete Alonso was bobbing his head, and I didn't have the volume very high, so I couldn't hear the guys talking at first, and I was like, why is, like, nothing happening? This was a weird... Uh, did, did they think they're still in a TV timeout or some shit? Then I saw a kid getting lifted off the field and i was like god damn pete like it's one thing to say you know maybe it was a kid in like the stands or some shit where you wouldn't know no it's the outfield there's no one else out there it's just kids it was re- it was very funny i'm sure he didn't mean anything by it because pete Alonso seems like a very nice man but wow it was very funny
1: could you imagine with how hard he hits the ball if he just line drive a ball into a kid
0: it'd be pretty funny i'm not that gonna lie be
1: hilarious we'd all laugh
0: as long as it wasn't a serious injury, it'd be pretty funny.
1: Even if it was, I'd probably still laugh. Unless I, it, got well, his... I can't say that because there definitely many kinds of injuries where I would be truly horrified. But there's some serious, funny injuries, too.
0: Yeah. I will say, also seeing the kids, like, set up under a fly ball to then have it sail, like, well that's over the their point, heads, yeah. but still in the ballpark, made, mm-hmm. it made me laugh a lot. Like, oh, yeah, man. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's obviously the kids, so I'm not going to show them too hard, but it really goes to show what route running is in in MLB when you'd see a kid take an awful line to a ball.
1: Yeah, Clint Frazier baby.
0: <laughs> hey, baby. Laying out. Um there was a mild controversy, I guess you could say, some people on Twitter thought that Pete Alonso should have thrown the uh, final matchup to let Trey Mancini win for the story, Trey Mancini obviously this is his first season back um, after only missing one season with stage three colon cancer, and um, is made it to the home run derby deservedly and had a phenomenal performance. Uh, what do you think of that?
1: It's fucking ridiculous. You're th- you're you want a professional athlete to throw a competition because it would make it, you know, a good, warm story. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, if we joked about something like that on the pod, sure. But, like, genuinely getting upset over something like that? Get the fuck out of here.
0: Now, if Pete Alonso had done it, I think we'd all recognize what a beautiful thing that was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean he has to do it. Like, Right. Like, feeling he, upset that he didn't is, like, the line that we draw, right? Like, right if pete did it and was just like hey man love you you know all the support there you go you deserve this we'd be like holy shit pete alonzo that's awesome gave up a bunch of money gave up a bunch of you know uh pride ego whatever you want to call it you know um Mm -hmm. just like silverware for his whatever the fuck it's called uh the idiom i'm looking for i don't know but the fact that people are getting upset is just blowing my mind
0: and man, it, it, I, I'm sure it, it, all of us are charitable in our own ways, but they're they're athletes. This, this is what they do. You know, it's not a it's not a big deal. The important thing is that Trayvon Suhney did this. Like the important thing is that Trayvon Suhney was is alive and able to play his sport and play at such a high level that he gets invited to this. The fact that he could have gotten knocked out in the first round it still would have been a great story. Not every movie, not every uh, uh, event needs to end like a, the fucking ending to a goddamn Hallmark movie. Brad Pitt doesn't need to star in the movie about this Home Run Derby.
1: <laughs>
0: Shit can just happen and you can just enjoy the parts of it you were sup- wanted to enjoy or whatever. Um, before I move on to the next thing, did you have any other thoughts on the Home Run Derby?
1: Um, still my favorite event. Wish I was awake for it. Really annoyed I fell asleep. Nah, Happened I, last I, year, I too.
0: Got you. I got you. Um, did you watch any of the All-Star game itself? I did not. Yeah, I watched like two innings. It's so tough to care.
1: 100%. It's um, It's pretty rough.
0: I have a much easier time watching nine innings of – a game I don't care about, but the players care about, like if I'm going to watch, um, it really, a, really irrelevant. Uh, the pirates against the diamondbacks. Like I'll watch that game because theoretically the players care about who wins that game. You know, they're out there making sure they get their hits and get their, um, innings pitched and get their strikeouts and get their home runs, all that shit. Um, so the fact that they care gives me a reason to care, but no one cares about this game as well. They shouldn't like, you shouldn't care about this game. And I watched two innings for like the novelty. And then I was like, I I, I know. All right, cool. I, I just, I don't give a shit. I saw judge score a run. I guess that counts for enough for me. Like, I, yeah, I'm not here for this.
1: Like if I sit down and watch it, I'll watch something great until it's like a three not even three strike, but like three grind or two ground out and a fly out. And it's like, oh, this is really boring because pitchers are really good. Nobody's really hitting anything crazy. All right, let's go watch Netflix.
0: I will say it was, it was very annoying. Um, ESP, you know, Fox, Fox had some of the players mic'd up. And from the two innings I saw, they did like nothing with it. So, Like, Xander Bogarts is up to bat. Mm -hmm. There's one of the best hitting shortstops in baseball. And Joe Buck proceeds to uh, sort of commentate what's happening while alternating between, I guess, addressing Xander Bogarts. Like, he'd be like, uh, what do you think he's going to throw? Basketball. Um, And then there would be, like, awkward silence because I guess Joe Buck had no follow-up question to that. (laughs) <laughs> and um, then he would like chit chat with Smoltz and then uh, Scherzer would throw. And then he'd be like, Hey, 96. And Xander was like, 96, 96. And it's like, look, man, obviously you don't have to do, this isn't 60 minutes. <laughs> no one's expecting a hard hitting interview, but maybe you could like ask him a question other than, Hey, what do you think he's going to throw? What's your approach here? You changing your swing on this one? What are you trying to achieve home run swing or you choking up there like insight, real time insight. You know what I mean? Like here's a cool opportunity on a national stage to get a a real time answer to what goes through a player's head during an at-bat that again, no one gives a shit about, but is still competitive. And instead they were like 97, 97, 97. And that's not a conversation. <laughs> so uh, it sucked. <laughs> it was not fun. <laughs> Although Freddie Freeman's a gold mine. I, I hope that he gets into commentating when he's done with playing. I like his kid. Charlie?
1: His kid's pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty cute.
0: That's a cute kid.
1: Yeah. Hey, Josh. Let's get yeah. into it.
0: Let's get into it. All right. So, shall we uh, start with? Updates to our awards, or do you want to just do bold predictions? I forget what we usually do. Uh,
1: let's start with awards.
0: All right, I feel like I had you start. Oh, whatever, I'll, I'll just start. I can't, I was gonna, I was trying to remember, I don't remember. Okay, um, so I have AL manager of the year first, so I, I guess we're starting there. I had put Dusty Baker.
1: Why would you start with the manager of the year
0: uh, for some? I, all right. So I don't know, but for some reason, that's what I have down here. So that's okay, why that's where we're starting. Fun. Um, as it stands right now, the Houston Astros have, um, are tied for the best record in the American league. Um, chances are, if I had to give this award today, it would probably go to Alex Cora for the massive turnaround that Boston had um, in his absence versus today. But Dusty Baker, I do think, is is still a a good option for this one, given that his team is performing very well. They're performing very well while um, constantly missing a good amount of starters that would make a significant impact, whereas that is not the case in Boston. So um, probably not my vote today, but still a decent option. What do you got for manager of the year?
1: Uh, I went with Aaron Boone, who is currently closer to being fired than winning this award. So... What's wrong?
0: Yeah, it's not been looking good for Booney. He probably will get fired or at least not have his contract renewed. I think it's up this season uh, for the National League. I put Dave Roberts um, because the Dodgers win a lot of games and uh, the Dodgers are winning a lot of games, not winning more games than the Giants, which is, again, fucking wild. Um, and to that effect, if I had to vote today, I guess I'd probably vote for Gabe Kapler, which is hilarious if you're a Phillies fan. Kapler. Yeah. Um, so could Dave Roberts win this? Sure. In a world of endless possibilities, but that possibility is shrinking by the day.
1: Uh, I went with Jace Tingler of the Padres and, um, they're having a good season, not great season, but regardless of how good they're doing, it's Gabe Kepler's award.
0: Did you say that the Padres are having a good, not great season
1: compared to expectations? And so much of this award is based off of expectations. So
0: Alright, fair enough. That's what I meant. Alright, well then, uh, next up I have AL MVP. I'm fully,
1: I'm fully aware of the history of the Padres and how this is a historic year for them.
0: Okay, as long as you know. Um, Yeah, so for AL MVP, I had, uh, I had Aaron Judge, who I think to this point, there's a decent argument for him to be the Yankees MVP, but he's by no means the American League MVP. At this point, there is no option that is not Shohei Um so... There you go, Corwin. Who'd you get?
1: Uh, I got uh, Shohai Otani. So, yeah, um, you're uh,
0: you're nuts on um, there.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, pretty pretty locked in. Unless he gets hurt, unless he completely implodes as a person, uh, this is pretty fantastic. Pretty good guess so far. Way to start off on top.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd say so. For National League MVP, um, I had predicted uh, Mookie Betts, who has not been having. Bad season, but has not been having a prototypical Mookie season. Ah, no, nah, that's that's still not even fair to him, because uh, it's still a 131 OPS plus, which is technically down from last season. But I mean, god damn it, it's, mm-hmm. he's so good. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess this is probably Fernando Tatis's award to lose at this point. I don't know, what do you think? Who'd you uh, have?
1: I'd agree with you with it's Fernando Tatis is to lose, Um, and I had Juan Soto as my guy. Again, having a really good year, one forty-three OPS plus, two point five WAR. It looks like I believe. Uh, Yeah, two point five WAR. Good season so far. It's just not exactly front runner for MVP right now. Which is we're okay with it. I'm fine with it. I won't complain.
0: Yeah, if we uh, if we had gone by war for this, um, then in the National League, it would be Tatis. He has four point three war and for the American League. It would be uh, Otani with five point six war. You could argue DeGrom, Gaussman, Wheeler or Miley, who all have more war than Tatis, but they are all pitchers. And historically, pitchers don't win this award because they have their own award um, unless the voters decide that doesn't matter, which is so fucking at random. So there is also a decent universe in which – or a decent possibility we enter the universe in which Jacob deGrom wins this award, which would not be unreasonable. But it's very tough to say with the pitcher versus position player conversation. Um, So anyway, for Cy Young – Sorry, Corin, go ahead.
1: No, it's okay. I don't need to talk. It's okay. No, I was just going to say that it's Jacob Degrom if you're going to give it to a pitcher, and he's the only person who I think is, you know, in that front runner tier, as long as he stays healthy and, and finishes out the year. Already missed a fair chunk of time, so.
0: And yet he's still having an insane season. Um, so looking at Cy Young. Uh, for the American League, I had predicted um, Garrett Cole, who has been very good this season. I think he could certainly still be in the conversation. Um, it's going to be kind of weird until the sticky stuff saga fizzles out a little bit more to get a better picture of what on earth is happening. Um but yeah, um, I don't know. I have nothing. I have no real opinion on Cy Young yet for American League.
1: Yeah, uh, I also had Garrett Cole. Um, and looking at the Vegas odds right now, he is still the favorite.
0: He does um, still have the most war pitching war of any American League pitcher.
1: The next highest pitcher is Carlos Rondon. Ron, Rodon Rodon uh and then Lance Lynn
0: yeah Lance Lynn is third for American League pitchers with 3.4 uh sandwiched in between them I think I if I gave you a hundred guesses you'd never guess it but do you want to take a shot
1: in pitching war
0: yeah between Gerrit Cole and Lance Lynn for American League pitcher war
1: uh Kyle Gibson Yes, yes.
0: I'm sure you saw it, though. There's no way you pulled Kyle Gibson out your I ass. Pulled,
1: I pulled. I, Jesus Christ, I cannot talk. I pulled Kyle Gibson out because I know he's having such an outrageously good season and has no right to be.
0: I, I have. I. Robbie Ray is fourth. Wow, this is a weird that year.
1: Would have taken me a hundred guesses to get. What a weird year, man. Okay. Pitching more is so fucking weird to begin with.
0: Yeah. Uh for National League, Cy Young, because we might as well just keep it moving. Um I had Dark Horse candidate, Mike Soroka, who uh yeah, he's not he's not winning this award. Um he hasn't pitched this season. So yeah. No shot.
1: Yeah, um, I had you, Darvish, who is in the top six in Vegas odds to win this award. But it's it's Jacob DeGrom or nothing at this point. Maybe Kevin Gausman. I think Kevin Gausman has a dark horse. Uh,
0: Gausman currently has the most strictly pitching war with four point nine total war. DeGrom passes him with a clean five point um, but which is just again, wild what a season Gaussman's having, but, you know, the traditional stats have their place um, in voters' hearts, anyway. And with DeGrom leading in ERA, even though Gaussman has a higher pitcher war, and these are just numbers, they don't necessarily mean the end all be all of anything. Um, Plus, with the the name, I think uh, DeGrom would still probably have this. So, hey, whole second half, we'll see how it shakes out, but I think we can both confidently say Mike Soroka ain't it.
1: Um, I agree with that. Oh,
0: God, which brings me to my American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, I had Luis Robert, and, uh, yeah, he ain't ain't getting this.
1: No. Um, Let's see. Who did I have? I had Jared Kelenic. He's not getting this.
0: I mean, no. Hold on. Luis? All right, hold on. Actually, I said Robert, but I can't remember if it's Robert or Robert because I feel like I, I thought switched, it was Robert. I think it is too. Usually there's a pronunciation thing in baseball reference, but I don't see it.
1: Um, Let's look at odds for rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, I'll say Robert because that's what I usually say. He has been playing. Who am I thinking of that hasn't been Eloy oh. Jimenez? Right? That's who hasn't played for the White Sox?
1: He's the one who tore his pec, yeah.
0: At the same time... They're
1: wild odds.
0: Wait, hold on. Why did I pick Luis Robert? He finished second in Rookie of the Year voting last year. Oh my god, I've been reading 20... Hold on, I've been reading 2020s. I'm in the wrong fucking tab. Okay. Okay, hold on. I keep tabs of all of these so I can look back at past years and I fucked up so let me move on real quick AL manager of the year I had I also had Aaron Boone so we were both in the same ballpark for that shit nationally manager of the year I also had Jace Tingler so we're in the same boat for that shit AL MVP I still put Aaron Judge so that actually didn't change which is why dude so 5 out of 6 of these are the same uh, NL MVP I put Francisco Lindor which that's not happening um, AL Cy Young I also put Garrett Cole so, same conversation there. That's why this didn't seem weird to me. Now this makes sense. So, Jacob deGrom, I picked for National League Cy Young. That's looking good. <laughs> AL Rookie of the Year, I put Wander Franco. Who has a chance?
1: He, who has a chance? Looking at the odds for AL Rookie of the Year, do you want to throw out a top five? Um, Can you name five rookies right now?
0: All right, so Jerry Kelly there. But he, he he's not gonna win. He's having a he had a horrible time when he was up.
1: He um, second shed long? Right no, nope.
0: Uh that other guy in the manners, J JP Crawford. No, that's nope. he's not a rookie. Um Cedric Mullins isn't a
1: rookie. I don't know who. At five is Wander Franco. Okay. At plus 1,000. Akil Badu is four. Oh, right. Plus 1, oh, Jazz
0: Chisholm has got to be there.
1: Incorrect. What? Yerman Mercedes is at plus 800.
0: It's currently in the minors.
1: Jared Kelinek, currently in the minors, is at plus 650. And Randy Rosarena at Oh, he is technically a rookie. Right? But the playoffs threw us all off.
0: Yeah the same thing that happened with uh, Matt What's-His-Face, the goalie for Pittsburgh. Matt Murray.
1: Oh, yeah, Matt Murray. Same thing. That would have been really cool if you won it twice. Um, bu- 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 what was I looking up? Uh, oh, shit. Wander
0: Franco. Granted, 15 games. Doesn't mean shit. Uh, 67 OPS plus. Mm,
1: but what about that one game sample size? Well,
0: that was a really good game. Um, was,
1: well, I guess, I mean, he has a. An OPS plus of 108, which is good. Nothing who? exciting. Jazz Chisholm. Oh. Hmm. 764 OPS.
0: And plus, he's doing uh, you know at the shortstop position. Mm. Means something. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take this over to the National League Rookie of the Year, where I had Cabrian uh, Hayes, who... It probably wouldn't take this one. He hasn't played. He's only played about half of Pittsburgh's games in those half of their games. He's played very well, Uh, a one sixteen OPS plus, and he's played a a pretty mean defense. Um, But I'm not sure it's enough. I mean, obviously there's still plenty of season left, so this could still end up being a good pick. And I think it is still a, a good pick. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, who'd, who'd you
1: have? I also had Cabrian Hayes.
0: Oh, well, all right. Uh,
1: there you go. Uh,
0: Probably Trevor Rogers at this point.
1: Trevor Rogers, not in the top 10 in Vegas odds, which huh. I don't understand how. Uh, Cabrian Hayes at plus 350. Sixto Sanchez at plus 500. Who will not? Oh, this is April. That's why. April fifteenth. Why are these not updated?
0: Yeah, so I have a list here from June of this year, so just a month ago. Um that it's a it's a ranking, it doesn't it's not Vegas odds, but uh Trevor Rogers is listed first, Ian Anderson is second, Dylan Carlson third, Jazz Chisholm fourth, and Pavin Smith fifth. Um for the American League. Oh shit, a Dallas Garcia is a rookie.
1: Whoa. Wait, really? No, that's something right there.
0: Get out of town. So Adalas Garcia, this um, is his third season in the bigs. But last year, he only played three games. So obviously, that didn't touch his rookie eligibility. And the year before that, he didn't play at all. So I guess he just didn't get called up. And the only playing time he had was in 2018 when he played 21 games for the Cardinals. So I don't think his rookie eligibility got fucked um with those three seasons. So I think I guess, yeah, I guess he's technically a rookie. That's uh okay. Okay. Hmm. So Adolise, actually I don't think how you pronounce it. Adolise Garcia, Arandia Rosarena, Yarmin Mercedes, Nick Madrigal, who is not going
1: to take that, and no, he will not. Casey Mize. Okay. I could see him having a strong second and a half.
0: Yeah, Casey Misch has had a good first half too. Yeah.
1: Neat. All right, moving on. Comeback Player of the Year.
0: Uh, yes, for the American League, I had Trey Mancini a pick which is looking phenomenal.
1: Uh, I had a group of three here that I still have all written down of Shohei Ohtani, Jameson Taillon, and Trey Mancini, and I went with Shohei Ohtani. And I think we're both in very good positions here. I think Shohai definitely has the on field results. And I think winning MVP, you know, silver slugger, everything that, you know, he's gonna end up winning at the end of the year is gonna be huge for the comeback player. I just think Trey Mancini Mancini has the the storyline of okay, you know, yeah, Tommy John is big, sure, but stage three cancer is Pretty bigger, pretty bigger. Words are really great today. Fucking gross. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's it's ugly to compare travesties, but um, you're probably right. So we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> for nationally comeback player of the year, I had Jordan Hicks, and has he played this year?
1: He's been the setup man for Alex Reyes all season.
0: Okay. Oh, he has not had a stellar season at all. 5.4 ERA. Only 10 innings? That's not good.
1: He was hurt for a good while. Yeah, I he still is. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, yeah, it's a rough season. Well, who'd you have?
1: I had Steven Strasburg. He was a has good he season. played this season? Uh, I don't even know. I feel... I feel like I just said he's been having a pretty good season. And I feel like I based that off of one conversation about Max Scherzer where he was talked about in reference. So. Negative 0.1 war. Four five, in the Five games. Yeah. That's. Only uh, 21 innings pitched. So pretty rough. Good job, Corwin, making yourself I, look. And well, he's hurt. Understand. He's on the IL. So I. I yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. June first came back. Well, came back. Uh, played in three games. Got hurt again. Back to the IL. Shame.
0: All right. Shall we get into our uh, our actual bull predictions?
1: Yeah, let's burn through them, baby.
0: All right. Do you want me to keep going first, or do you want to go first?
1: Um, I'll go first. Number one, Shohei Otani is a finalist for the Cy Young Award. Wins AL MVP and Silver Slugger. Um, I don't really feel all that confident in him finishing top five in uh, Cy Young for the AL. Um, I mean, right now it's Cole, Rodon, Lynn, Bieber, and Eovaldi with the top odds. Um, Shohei is not in that conversation. That being said, I think he has the... <laughs> Best chance of winning MVP and a probably the best chance of winning two Silver Slugger awards this year, which I can't say that's ever been done before.
0: Uh, no, he can't because I'm pretty sure the American League doesn't give a Silver Slugger for pitching. Really? I'm pretty sure since American League pitchers
1: don't hit. Don't hit Silver Sluggers. Motherfucker. You make a very good point.
0: It would see if they do, it would be very silly.
1: From 1980 to 2019, only National League pitchers received a Silver Slugger award lineups in the American League include designated hitter. So in 2020, MLB implemented a universal designated. uh, Damn, that's not where I thought that paragraph was going. Shit. Yeah, well, you'll fuck yourself. Uh, I did. I did. (laughs)
0: Uh, All right. Yeah, yours is looking very, very good outside of the Cy Young thing. But the fact that the rest of that's looking so damn good is really just amazing. Um, my first one is Kluber and Tyone each pitch over 120 innings. As it stands today, Corey Kluber has thrown 53.1 innings and is still on the IL. Jameson Tyone has thrown 82.2. So if we were to just double what they've done, because we're theoretically right around the halfway point, Tyone is set to clear that rather easily. Um, You know, a handful of starts, truly. Uh, Kluber is a little bit tougher of a story to to tell. Um, He had only played in 10 games in the first half, as compared to 17 from Tyone. So if he were to finish out the season as a regular part of the rotation, Could he pitch 70 more innings? That's not a lot of innings. It's theoretically quite possible. Um, However, who the fuck knows? He's currently hurt. Uh, We don't have a very clear picture of when he's coming back, if he'll get hurt again, all that type of shit. So while this one isn't dead in the water, it is certainly not paddling. Um, So we'll see. What do you got for your next one?
1: Um My next one is the Padres and Dodgers both win 100 games by the end of the season. Uh, The Dodgers, with their 615 winning percentage, are on their way to 99.63 wins. I'll take that as a rounding up to 100. The Padres are on pace for 92 wins. So not quite. But they have 53 wins so far. They have 63 nine win or 69 games, I should say left. Um, So they have the chance to close out strong and get there, but that's not terribly hard to do. They could do it.
0: They could. They certainly could. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that's out of the the realm of possibilities either. Uh, My second bold prediction is that no batter hits over 45 home runs. As it stands right now, uh, Shoai Otani is only 12 away from doing that. So, unless he gets hurt or has an abysmal second half, um, this probably is not going to come true, which would be for the best. I mean, it'd be more fun to see players hit 50, 60 home runs all the time because that's just super fun. Um, But not looking great, barring... Uh, something terrible. So,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, please, something terrible. Don't happen to Shohei Ohtani, please. Um, but my number three, each of the top five starting pitchers on the Padres finish with a sub four ERA. Uh, so to start the season, that meant you, Darvish, Blake Snell, Denilson Lamette, Joe Musgrove, and Chris Paddock. Uh, Right now, Darvish has a 3.09 ERA. Joe Musgrove has a 2.93. Denilson Lamette has a 3.67. Blake Snell has a 4.99. Not doing great there. And Blake, or I'm sorry, Chris Paddock, I should say, has a 5.38. But my goodness, Ryan Weathers came out of nowhere to steal Paddock's spot as the number five guy. And he's rocking a 2.91 ERA. Unfortunately, he's out for the rest of the season and we're stuck with Chris Paddock in the majors.
0: Which is wild because at his debut, he had quite a rookie of the year campaign. So good. And boy, howdy has uh, nothing happened with that since.
1: Turns out when you throw one good pitch, the rest turn. And that
0: pitch is a fastball.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's negative. His change, his, his change ups, his best ball.
0: Negative yeah. 1.4 war on the season. Yeah. Does he get to negative 2 war?
1: I don't think he stays there. I think he gets there. Uh, What's the pitch? Pval? Let's look up Pval. Not PT Val, not Proval, but P-Val. This is not what I was looking for. This is not fan graphs Google, save me. Save me, Google.
0: So the worst season of all time by war belongs to a man named Jim Levy. Have you ever heard of Jim Levy? I don't. So Jim Levy played, oh my God, (laughs) he played for uh, four seasons. Oh my God. Um, He finished 19th in MVP voting in 1932. He played from 30 to 33. Um, In 1932, he had a 75 OPS plus. That's hilarious. Um, And still got an MVP vote. It's so fucking funny. His career OPS plus was 48. His career war is negative 7.2. He had a positive war never in his career. In 1933, he posted a war of negative 4. His 1933 stats, you may ask, 141 games, essentially a full season. 567 plate appearances, he scored 43 runs. He got 103 hits, 10 doubles, 4 triples, 2 home runs, 36 RBI, 4 stolen bases on 6 caught stealings, 26 walks to 68 strikeouts, and his slash line was 195, 230, 237, 240. That's a 477 OPS, a 24 OPS plus. He had negative war and a D war of positive 0.1 and must have just sucked it up everywhere else, too. Oh my god, negative four!
1: That's a really bad, really bad.
0: Yeah, the 1933 St. Louis Browns, which is the team Jim Levy played on, finished eighth in the American League, um, which at the time, I believe, only had eight teams in it, so which means that they finished dead last. Yes, they did. Oh, my God. The team above them, the Boston Red Sox that season, had uh, eight more wins than them, everyone else kind of being in that ballpark. St. Louis, the basement that season. Woof. Woof! They finished the season 43 and a half games back of the division. Well. Wow. Oh. So,
1: so while you were looking that up, I found Chris Paddock's uh, pitch values year by year. This is his third season. 2019, when he had that Rookie of the Year campaign, his p value for fastballs was 13.7. Insane. His uh, curveball was negative 0. 0.8 and his changeup was 7.9. So, two really great pitches. Uh, 2020, his changeup stayed 7.1. Curveball got even worse, negative 1.3. He added a cutter with a negative 2.3 uh, p Uh and his fastball. went from a 13.7 to a negative 9.9.
0: Oh, God. I,
1: we should do an episode just on the biggest changes on Pval's year to year for a single pitch. Because 20, essentially, 22, 23, whatever it ends up being, is fucking insane. 2021, it's back up to a negative 3.1 with his cutter getting a little better at negative 1.3. Curveball improved dramatically to a positive point eight, and his changeup, which was a 7971, is now a negative 3.8. That's
0: just fucking nuts.
1: <laughs> fucking outrageous. All right,
0: let's move on. All right. <sighs> uh my third bull prediction. I bold think bold it's bold my bold turn. Bold. Huh?
1: What? No, go ahead.
0: Is it my turn?
1: It is 100% your turn. I was okay. just making a comment about how tired we both are. Oh, yeah. Which is shocking. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it is. If you don't like the sound of me yawning, go fuck yourself. Um, so now my third one, it still could happen, but I'm going to need approval from Corwin to make an update to it. Uh, And that is that Jack Leiter makes his MLB debut for the Pirates this fall after being drafted first overall. Now, the Pirates, as we just discussed, for some bullshit, dumbass reason, likely money, chose not to draft Jack Leiter, instead taking a catcher. And Jack Leiter ended up going second overall to the Texas Rangers. Now, the crux of this bold prediction was that Jack Leiter makes – the MLB roster of the team that drafted him by the end of the season. So if Corwin allows, I would update this to say the Texas Rangers and just leave the Jack later debut part as being the main part.
1: I would allow half a point to be awarded if uh, he makes his debut for the Rangers.
0: All right. Good enough for me. Um, Which could happen. I mean, it's up to the Rangers if they feel like Jack Letter has no reason to be in the minors. That's really it. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, we'll move it on to you.
1: Number four, Juan Soto finished the season with an on-base percentage above 500 for the first time since Barry Bonds in 2004. Juan Soto Last year, had a 490 on base percentage, led all of baseball. This year, 407, does not lead all of baseball. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does with a 430. Soto is third, also behind Max Muncy. Not looking great, but that was a bold, bold prediction.
0: I feel much the same about my next one, which is that Tim Anderson has a 30-30 season. I love my boy, Tim. He's having a good power season in terms of doubles. He has 18 on the year so far, which means if that um, second half was to prove as fruitful as the first half, it would be the most doubles he's hit in his entire career. Having I mean, put him on pace for about 34, 35 because he's played a little bit over half of his game so far. Um, however, the home runs have not materialized as they had in years past so far. He only has six. Now for stolen bases, he is there. He has 14 so far, which, you know, we can double and, you know, round a little bit to call it 30, not out of the realm of possibility. If you've already got 14 by the all-star break, Um, but without the home, I mean, he'd have to hit 24 home runs in the second half, which I love Tim Anderson, but I don't think he'd be able to do. Um, It's just not the type of ball player he is to go on a huge power streak like that. Um, So This is very unlikely to – not going to happen.
1: Fair enough. Uh, My next one, Cabrian Hayes is an all-star third baseman for the National League. Having a good season, he was not an all-star. That was Nolan Arenado starting the game with Manny Machado, Justin Turner, and Eduardo Escobar named as replacements.
0: This is one of the first ones we can – Say, reached its finality before the end of the season. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Granted, Cabrian Hayes had under half as many at-bats as Eduardo Escobar or any one of these guys. Only .4 war behind, though, uh, despite that. Um, That being said, didn't count, and it's over. True. Um, Would be on pace to be an all-star, though, if he played a full season at this rate.
0: Yeah, he's definitely still going to have um, a wonderful year. The fact that he didn't make an all-star game should not be held against him. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My next prediction was that uh, uh, Max Scherzer gets traded before the trade deadline or by the trade deadline to the New York Yankees. Um, It's tough to know what direction the Yankees are going in, and it's tough to get a sense of what direction the Nationals want to go in. It's I had felt pre season that the nationals were going to not fell. I thought they were going to be kind of bad and it might be an incentive for them to have learned from the Bryce Harper situation, which he walked after his contract, which they kind of knew and just let happen. um, And maybe do something different with Scherzer. Who's having a phenomenal year and certainly has increased his trade value since the start of the season. Um, because he's just being dominant as hell and the Nats are not out of it. They're six games back in their division, which isn't insurmountable, especially with a whole second half of baseball to be played. It just depends on how they view their team. And that's the part it's tough to get a real grasp on. Now from the Yankees end of it, obviously they could use another starter because uh, guess what? fuckface, face everybody and their mother could use another starter. Um, is your team going to the playoffs? Yes. They need another starter. Uh, I, I mean, that's 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 how the game works. So the real question is, would the Yankees be willing to shell out for it? And it's tough to tell that too, because it's been a middling season for them. The Yankees themselves are eight games back from their division. Um, but organizational differences make you wonder if the Yankees who haven't had a losing season since before I was born might want to desperately avoid that possibility, keep the playoff window alive, that type of shit by going balls deep on trades and acquisitions, getting Gallo, getting Scherzer, whomever, um, and try to storm the the fortress of the division lead. I, I doubt it at this point. It, it doesn't seem very likely. And if it were to be something, it would probably be batting. Um, Maybe maybe some relievers, depending on the salary situations of the moves. Um, But the rotation has not been the problem this season. At least not as much as it has been in years past. Hitting has been. And it would be tough at this point to see the Yanks empty the tank. For sure, sir. I would love it. But... Doubtful.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't really see it in the cards either, especially with the season that they were having. Um,
0: I mean, this one we'll know in a month when, this, when the trade deadline's over. So. Right.
1: right. I need to start doing trade deadline uh, predictions. I don't think I've ever done it. Uh, no, I did one last year with the Pirates and their vetting machine. Never mind. Um, number six, as a rookie, Vlad Guerrero hit 15 home runs in 464 at-bats. Last year in the shortened season, he hit nine home runs in 221 at-bats. This year in 300 and, well, don't want to jump the gun here. My prediction is that he would supersede the 20 home run prediction that he had for this season and smash 40 and double it, actually break 40. And this year in 316 at-bats. He has 28 home runs. Um, So I'm feeling pretty darn good about the best player in baseball right now breaking the 40 home run plateau by the end of the season. So I don't think it's the boldest in the world because people knew he was going to have that. 40 home runs is still a lot of home runs. But it doesn't seem crazy now that he's doing it and doing it as the best player in baseball right now. Well, best hitter in baseball. Showhouse the best player.
0: Probably the best hitter, but that's okay. Fair
1: enough.
0: Um, my next one, I'd have to defend a lot and then see if it happens. But <laughs> uh, it's that the Orioles are buyers at the deadline. Now, I will say this. The Orioles should not be sellers at the deadline. Yes, they're bad, but their team is not old. And the players that they have that are good, they should absolutely keep and eventually start actually building around. Like, you know, Trey Mancini obviously is kind of the old man of the group, I guess, at this point, seeing as he's 29. Um, Yeah, right. Uh, But, you know, Cedric Mullins is 26. Like, you're not selling Cedric Mullins. Austin Hayes is 25. You're not... Selling Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle is 24. You're not selling Ryan Mountcastle. Um, So really, if we think about the number of young assets, young controllable assets that the Orioles have, and what next steps would be for them to start becoming a better team, it's probably, well, that'd be hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it's it's probably no longer through trial and error of players to the extent that it has been thus far. At some point, it's going to have to be through acquisition. Now, would the Orioles do a big splashy trade for Max Scherzer or Trevor Story? Actually, Trevor Story would be hilarious and would make a ton of sense for that team. Um, probably not. But I also don't think it's outrageous to think that the Orioles might make a sneaky, small-time acquisition that improves their team in the immediate rather than for the long-term, which has been more of their more recent moves. So I actually don't think this is dead in the water, even though the Orioles haven't had a good season. It's just not going to be in the same circumstances I probably intended it when I wrote this. So, yeah.
1: I honestly kind of want to see the Orioles just start buying up players on expiring contracts just to just to fuck around and find out.
0: I mean, if you think about it from the Orioles perspective, if you're giving up players with years of control and I'm I'm, we're not talking about like a season or two seasons, like years of control, you shouldn't really have to pay salary for whoever you're getting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that that's the trade off. So. It really wouldn't be wild to assume that they could end up being buyers when they have what every team wants, which is cheap assets that are young and controllable. So, granted, the quality of them is mixed, but still, I mean, it's not outrageous.
1: My number seven, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Who? Ronald Acuna are the fifth and sixth members of the 4040 club you lost your mind when i made this prediction saying it was utterly outrageous that i would even suggest either one of these guys would get there um well acuna almost made it last year or did he make it last year i don't remember now i forget regardless fernando tatis despite missing some time
0: i think you mean two years ago because last year was a 60 game season um he came very close he had 41 home runs to 37 stolen bases
1: got it um but so far this year fernando tatis is leading the national league in both home runs and stolen bases with 28 and 20 respectively on pace for getting there and joining the 40 40 club ronald acuna hit 24 home runs and 17 stolen bases. So he was within striking distance. But, alas, his season prematurely ended. Shame.
0: It's a damn shame. Uh, but at least he'll have Tatis. He certainly seems like he's on pace to do it. So we'll see.
1: Fernando. Uh,
0: so my next one is at the Toronto Blue Jays. As a team, bat to an over 120 OPS plus, but pitches as a team to a sub 85 ERA plus. Now, as it stands right now, the Toronto Blue Jays has a non-pitching total have a 111 OPS plus, only nine points shy of where I need them to be. They are being held back by scum such as Danny Jansen. And his 53 OPS plus. Um, Kevin Biggio's <laughs>
1: 92.
0: All right. Uh, Lourdes Gur- Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is 92. Uh, Rowdy Tellas, who they just traded, 66. Joe Panic, 76. Bums, scum, horrible people, all of them. Uh, but George Springer is back now. Granted, he only has a 97 OPS plus for now, but he's only played in, um, wait, he played in 72 games. Wow. He has had a very quiet season. Oh, because it's not good. Okay. That makes sense. 194 batting average, 310 OBP is wonderful, but uh, the hit and uh, sluggings for uh, all right. So this is, this is a mediocre season. The batting average is ugly, which doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, they could do it. I, it'd be tough, but they could still do it. Um, looking at the team ERA plus it's actually good. Their team's ERA plus is better than their OPS plus. The team ERA plus is 112, which means that the Toronto Blue Jays are pitching better than they're hitting, which doesn't make any fucking sense <sighs> because that's not how this team is built. And yet, Robbie Ray, 313 ERA, Hunjin Ru, 356 ERA, uh, Alex Manoa, 290 ERA. And then Ross Striplings, 434, which is still a 102 ERA plus. Steven Matz is the only member of the rotation with a sub 100 ERA plus. uh, His his is his 94 with a 472 ERA. And then their bullpen has been decent. Jordan Romano has an ERA plus of 236. Tim Mises has been 280. uh, No, I lost it. 101. And then uh some slop. But still, I mean, they by and large have been doing a very good job, which is wild.
1: I'm pretty surprised, but I feel like there's so many wild teams like that where shit is just like I know it's not a great example because they're both sides of the of the ball are gonna are both sides of the ball are doing really well, but I thought the Giants were going to have one of the worst pitching staffs in all of baseball this year. Blue now, I'm just saying like, there's so many teams that are like, Oh, this. okay. Okay. The, I thought the Giants pitching was going to be fucking awful. And it turns out they're one of the best in baseball. It's just all over the place. It just, this year's crazy. I feel like it's always crazy, but even still this year's wild.
0: Yeah. So obviously my prediction is not in good shape, but uh, no. I don't really mind.
1: Uh, Neither is my next one. Each of the top five NL Cy Young vote-getters are from the NL West. If you look at the current top five of Jacob deGrom, Brandon Woodruff, Kevin Gossman, Zach Wheeler, and Corbin Burns, you get one of them. And none of the ones I was expecting. Uh, If you expand to the top ten, you get Hugh Darvish, Walker Bueller, and Trevor Bauer in there. Uh, But that is not close to my prediction right
0: womp 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 yeah uh all right my next one is that no nl central team gets to 90 wins as it stands right now the winningest nl central team is the milwaukee brewers 53 39 it's a 576 win percent which puts them on pace for 93 wins so this is close. This this is going to come down to how that pitching staff holds up in the second half, um, since that is absolutely what is carrying them. Um, but even with their, pitch, their entire pitching staff pitching out of their fucking minds, um, it's still going to be close. So um, we'll see. What do you think the ERA plus of the Brewers entire pitching staff is?
1: 130.
0: 121. So so on. the oh. Brewers are what I was expecting the Blue Jays to be, but backwards. So the Brewers, as a pitching staff, 121 ERA plus, 87 OPS plus as a team. Taking out the pitchers, it's a 94 OPS plus. Damn.
1: Really yeah.
0: All right. Give me your next one.
1: All right. My next one. Lance McCullers outperforms Justin Verlander and Zach Grinke as the Astros top pitcher. He's sure as hell outperforming Justin Verlander this year. Uh, and he's also outperforming Zach Grinke. Uh, McCullers has a 294 ERA to uh, Grinke's 3.59, uh, has only pitched in 79 innings compared to 115, um, but has given up. Way less home runs. Well, I guess those come with the territory. But he has 89 strikeouts in those 79 innings to 85 in Granky's 115. A 148 or ERA plus to 121. Lower whip or lower FIP. uh, Just a little bit higher of a whip. Lower hits per nine. Lower home runs per nine. uh, A little bit higher walks per nine. But all around playing as the best pitcher on the Houston Astros.
0: All right. Uh, My next one is that Trevor Bauer loses his rotation spot to Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin. Pick your poison. Um, And this one came true.
1: Nice. Moving on. Uh, My last one. All teams play a full 162 game schedule and there are no COVID outbreaks among teams. We're there so far.
0: Looking good to stay that way too. Um, my I had two more. My so my second to last one is that Mike Trout does not finish top five in MVP voting which sadly is looking true um, which would have been sad no matter what but it's also sad because he's hurt. He's still on the 60 day IL um, so because he's missed so much time and I'm not really sure when he's supposed to be back, but I don't think it's soon. Um this probably will end up coming true, which in the worst way, which it coming true in any way. Not the one way it would have been good is if he had a eight war season and five dudes ahead of him had ten war seasons. That would have been a cool way for it to have happened, but Sucks. Uh, my other one is that Tony La Russa gets fired before the season ends. That does not seem like it's going to happen because the White Sox are having a good season. And although Tony La Russa has certainly put himself in some controversy earlier in the year, and it's been pretty quiet as of late and just doubtful anything happens. So probably not going to happen. Oh, well, that's the breaks. Um, all right. I'm beat. I know Corwin's beat. I'm going to rush us out of here. Corwin, you got anything else to say? Uh, bye. Well, all right, hold on. Um, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. pod like hit via email. You can do so at If You'd like to follow me on Twitter. You can do so at Joshua D. You'd like to follow Corwin on Twitter. You can do so at Corwin Heller. And until Monday, y'all have a good